We're back here on one-on-one for the special edition celebrating the life of Vince Scully. And we're joined now with Yankees broadcaster, Michael Kay. Michael, thank you for joining. We'll just get right into it, though. You know, you recently wrote something in the New York Post I want to talk about. You talked about meeting Vin in 1999, right before the MLB season that year. Can you kind of just walk us through what that experience was like and what it was like knowing Vince Scully on a personal level? Well, I had never met him before that time. Uh, and the Yankees were in uh, L.A. to have an exhibition game against the Dodgers before the 1999 season started. And I was thinking about it for days. I wanted to meet this guy so badly, you know, the Fordham connection, the fact that uh, he's the gold standard for broadcasters. And I'm pacing back and forth. How was I going to introduce myself? And um, I saw Keith Oberman, who's a friend of, of uh, Vince Scully, and uh, I know him very well. And he just said, what's up? And I said, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to introduce myself to Scully. He goes, I'll do it. No, no problem. And, and Vin could not have been nicer. You know, I said, nice to meet you, Mr. Scully. He said, no, please call me Vin. And I took pictures with me and we spoke for a long time about the Fordham connection, about both of the teams that, that we covered. And he was everything that you'd want him to be uh, and that you would hope that uh, uh, your hero would be when you get to meet him. He was just great. Going off that kind of, Michael, I mean, we all, you know, have, have heard from Vin Scully as the broadcaster, but what made Vin so special as a person? You know, it was just that he, he always seemed like he had time for people. And because Vin Scully was a stop in the press box for every writer and broadcaster that came through. I wasn't the only one that felt like that about Vin Scully. Everybody did. So if the Mets came through. Well, guys like Mike Puma, who's also an FUV uh, alum, uh, they wanted to talk to Vin Scully, Kevin Kernan. You could go up and down the list of the broadcasters. And he always had time and he was always pleasant and he was always friendly. He had great respect for the print media as well. A lot of the electronic media doesn't have that same kind of respect. I just I've never seen him when I was around him ever be rude to anybody. Always have time. He's always has time for somebody. And it's not just a cursory hello. He actually says, you know, he, he kind of sings that hello greeting. Well, hello. How are you? I mean, just he made you feel very, very, very special. So, um, you know, people say, well, what do you take away from him broadcasting wise? Well, I can't. I can't do what he does. I don't have the, the verbal dexterity or, or the, the skill set to do what Vince Scully does. I don't think any broadcaster does. But I do take away that when I meet people in public, I try to be as nice and as, and as accommodating as you could possibly be. Because that's just a small price to pay for the, uh, you know, the blessing that you have at the job that you have. You brought it up before, and I wanted to ask you about the Fordham aspect when it comes to Vince Scully and just his impact on Fordham and WFUV as a whole. What comes to mind to you? Well, he was part of the group that actually started WFUV uh, in the late 40s uh, when he was a student. You know, he played center field for the Fordham team for a couple of years and then left and decided to pursue a broadcasting career. And I just think that everybody that walks through the doors of WFUV, they know that this is the guy that came before them. He's the guy that laid the groundwork for everybody to be successful. And you want to honor that legacy. Uh, it's just amazing. And I, I wrote a story, uh, you know, that story in the post that you referenced or referenced earlier that um, if you have a playful argument with a Syracuse grad and, you know, you want to play the uh, let, let's compare you know, people that have come out of, you know, Newhouse and come out of an FUV. If you're a Fordham grad, I mean, you, you've got the card. You just play Vince Scully, you drop the mic and you walk away. They can't 
top Vince Scully. And there have been some great broadcasters that have gone to Syracuse, but Vince Scully went to Fordham. That's something that we always have. That's something that we could always be proud of. And, and um, to this day, I'm just proud that I'm, I'm part of that, that lineage that he started way back in the 40s. Part of what makes Vin Scully so impressive is obviously the ability of him to call games with no color commentator. What made him able to do that so well? And could you ever picture even yourself as a broadcaster doing something like that so consistently? I guess I could, could try to do it for a game or two, but to do it over a you know, 162-game season, I just think it would be exhausting. But he probably did some analyst a very big favor. I mean, you're going to pale in comparison when you're on the air with him. But I think that the reason he did it wasn't because of ego. But if, if you listen to innings of his broadcast, he was setting things up. I mean, he was building stories and weaving in play by play. And to have another voice have to go in there kind of would you know, serve as a blockade almost to what he was trying to do. Uh, again, it's very, very difficult. And I, I'm flabbergasted that he was able to work alone you know, in his nineties, you know, before he retired. I mean, it's just hard to believe that you would have that kind of energy, but the reason he was able to do it, he had this breadth of knowledge. He was incredibly bright, obviously from the Jesuit education he got at Fordham. And, uh, you know, he, he could tie stories of Jackie Robinson and Gil Hodges to a game that he was broadcasting with the, you know, with the ACL Puig in the lineup. So he was amazing. I don't think that anybody could do that because, None of us have that kind of reservoir of information that he had, and none of us could present it the way that he presented it. We're joined now with Michael Kay, celebrating the life of Vince Scully. And another thing you mentioned in that article in the post was you don't just go up to royalty and say what's up, but you said, well, Vin was royalty, and that's exactly what you did. So kind of wanted to just ask about that, and what about Vin do you think is so unique when comparison to other kind of legends and icons? You know what? I, I guess maybe it's for all, you know the three of us and, and people that want to make a living in this business. And you look at that person who was you know with us at that time, and he's everything that we aspire to be, to be successful the way he's been successful, to be successful in a classy manner where you treat people the right way. I mean, he just had such a regal bearing about him, uh, and and it wasn't off-putting at all. It was almost welcoming. You know, his, his arms were wide open for anybody that, that uh, wanted to talk to him. And, and I think that for him, Fordham meant something. Fordham was a really, really big deal. Uh, so if you just dropped the Fordham card on him, you, you were further uh, allowed into the inner sanctum. It was just amazing. So I, I just think that people looked at him. I mean, how many people have that kind of a, a connection all the way back to, you know, the beginning of baseball? If you do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, I mean, he, he really – was able to touch the entire length of professional baseball. And then you have an opportunity to actually talk with him. You know, we can't talk with Connie Mack. You know, we can't talk with John McGraw. Uh, we can't talk to those iconic people in baseball history. But Vin Scully was the thread through the fabric of baseball. And we had a chance to actually have conversations with him and, and pick his brain. I mean, I did an interview with him on Yes, uh, when the Yankees out there playing the Dodgers in the interleague game uh, in 2013. He was unbelievable. I mean, one of my great regrets, guys, is that I never got a chance to uh, have him on on center stage where I could have had an hour. It could have been two hours just to have him tell all the stories because the stories are endless and they're fascinating and they're so interesting. And they apply to today as much as they apply to to yesterday. So, I mean, there's so many angles 
why he was special, but I can just tell you he's special to me because I just have a reference for people that have done it at such a high level for such a long time. And also the Fordham connection. Michael, is there a certain Vince Scully call or, or moment that, you know, kind of resonated with you the most in the booth or anything that you remember in particular from his in, on the air, those big time moments? Well, th there's so many of them. Obviously, people always come back to game six in 1986. It was a picture perfect call of the Mookie Wilson ground ball. Uh, but I look at the call that he made for Hank Aaron's 715th home run. Um, that was magnificent. First, he calls the home run. Then the story goes that he got up from his seat and went to the back of the booth and had a cup of coffee and just let the crowd, you know, carry it and the pictures carry it. And then he came back and he made that incredible statement about a black man breaking, a, you know, an iconic player's record in, in the deep South and getting a standing ovation. I don't think a lot of us could pull that off. Uh, he was able to pull it off beautifully with the perfect words. And I think that that's probably his crowning call, but you know, as an aside, Take a look at the catch, the call of the catch, um, Montana to Clark. That was pretty special as well. He could not, it wasn't just baseball he was great at. He's great with football, great with golf, actually did really great stuff with tennis as well. I don't think there was anything the guy couldn't do. Now, last question for you here, Michael. Again, appreciate you taking some time. We've brought it up a few times how he was able to connect something from the 1950s to 2016, whatever Maybe how do you think during that whole, you know, 67 years of broadcasting, he was able to stay true to himself, not change up his broadcasting style. When you look at what the world was in 1950 compared to what he ended, it was a different place. So how do you think he was able to do that through all, you know, the years? I think he just had the courage of his convictions. You know, I've been reading so much stuff on him the last couple of days. And he actually did say that he changed the style a little bit at the beginning. You know, he, he was a little bit more of a yeller and he got too excited and things like that. And he didn't like the way it sounded. Uh, I just think that once you have the years in, then you almost become a little bit untouchable. And then he could do what he wanted to do. And there wasn't going to be an executive or a suit that would have the nerve to actually tell him not to do it his way. So I think he gained power over time where, you know, if, if he felt comfortable doing something, he did it. If he didn't feel comfortable doing something, he didn't have to do it. I mean, he fought back a lot on that stuff because broadcast the way they are now, are completely different um, than the way they were even in the 70s. You know, there's so many uh, things that you have to do that, that are sponsored. And obviously the excitement level is a little bit higher and things like that. But Vince Scully didn't have to do that because he had an entire state behind him in California. And obviously Los Angeles, you know, he was an absolute god. And over time with the advent of satellite radio and things like that, and, uh, you know, the Major League Baseball package, and all of us got a chance to enjoy him uh, in his later years as well. And he got even a new following. So again, I, I just think that he was so exceptional at what he did that if anybody tried to tweak him, the person that was trying to tweak him would look like the fool. So Vin Scully had what we all want and he got it over a period of time. And that's just the power of, of, of being there and being there a long time and being untouchable. And frankly, nobody should have ever tried to change him because he really was the perfect broadcaster. Michael, one last time, thank you so much for taking some time with us to talk on the special edition about Vince Scully. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll be right back here with more one-on-one. -on -one.